Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota baseball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Today we talk about the NFL Draft and how the NFL is unlike any other professional organization in turning entertainment into television events. Then we get to burning questions left for the Vikings in the NFL Draft and we end with a mailbag. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings... Mm -hmm. We present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, and I'm joined by Judd Zolgat of 1500 ESPN's Mackie and Judd Morning Show. And, of course, by ESPN.com's Ben Gessling. Guys, we had Blake Barrett's on the podcast last week. A couple people got uh, at least said, hey, love the changeup, love what you guys are doing, but can it, can it become more purple? We're not giving these guys enough football, apparently. Not enough football with the podcast, I guess. We, so they want, they want us to go more wonky? Football. Do they want more, more Vikings? More purple. Well, or no, I mean, they yeah, want, they want... Because I thought last want, week we gave them a lot of football. I it think, was just a variety of things. I think they want, yeah. Last the, week was still pretty wonky. I mean, it was. And we did get into the Jennings stuff, the Harrison Smith stuff, but they want more purple. By more Jennings purple, stuff, you. So we're going to talk mean, about the NFL. They announced the announcement is coming of the regular season schedule. Is that what it is? Yes. It's done. The schedule is done. So, but no, no, no. But they're not going to release it soon. They're going to announce when they're going to release right, it soon. But it's done. So, but they're announcing the announcement. What is more closely guarded? The it's like the Oscar, second derivative the of the winners? schedule. Or. Right now, the the NFL schedule. Well, the Oscar winners, I think, go through a, a public accounting firm. I, I don't think the Price NFL Warehouse, would. Do. Yeah, I don't think the NFL would value public oversight enough to do that. <laughs> Probably the NFL, because the NFL would not involve an accounting firm for the sake of transparency. Okay. They just say, "Here, we're giving this to you when we feel like it. You're going to love it. You're going to eat it up." 
and we I know you're going to eat it up. <laughs> and, and I open this up to exactly what Ben was saying, that the NFL is the best sports uh, in all of professional American sports at creating entertainment sources out of really nothing. The NFL Combine, the NFL Draft, and it's not nothing. It's just they're blowing up what are normal events in every sport into a TV event, selling TV rights to it, and it's that's excellent. And Ben yep. Gessling at ESPN.com knows all about that. And you have three sports guys sitting here doing a Vikings podcast on April 12th. Exactly. And so that's why we're talking about the NFL schedule release and how mm-hmm. the NFL draft being in two weeks. Gentlemen, I want to ask both of you, if you can tap into your inner sports fan, Judd, I know it's so easy for you to do as you're sitting around a bunch of wild gear uh, as they enter the playoffs. Oh, Judd, Judd is right all in on the wild, by the way. I he told us before <laughs> he sees the turnaround coming. Judd, in fact, I think you're State predicting the Stanley boys. Cup championship, aren't State you? State of hockey, boys. I've got my wild placard right here will the parade be in st paul or minneapolis i guess <laughs> oh, that's both. a big question it'll start in st paul it'll actually start at judd zolgad's lane his it's drive start his in house, house park and driveway. then wind its way through i'm pretty excited about the playoffs i mean who needs parisi or Halla or vanek or be fine yeah no no Team i'm very 18, excited i'm a big sports fan where does the nfl draft rank as a viewing experience for judd zolgad the sports fan you know what's funny is um even before I covered the league, it was never that high. I would watch the first round or so, but I know some of my buddies through the years were just diehards. I mean, they would sit down. Now, this is the – it began late Saturday morning and ran Saturday, Sunday, but they would basically watch two full days, and they were – I was never – you know, because there's there's really no there there. I mean, the first round is intriguing at times, but after that I would just sort of get bored and glazed over. Uh, but I know people that to this day – watch that thing and just completely eat it up and they love it and they care about the sixth round and I I think fortunately I could never go there. Ben? I used to be when it was Saturday, Sunday, when I was a kid, I was glued to it. I loved it. Especially, you know, when I was you know, middle school, high school, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean that Back then, I, I'm not a big fan of the primetime thing. I like it kind of being in two days. I like that there was more than one round on the first day of it. You don't like that it's Thursday night is when yeah, it started. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, I get why they do it, but the fact that they stretch it into three days and you really only have that one pick to chew on and react to um, Thursday night into Friday, I, I'm not a huge fan of that That's format. That's all part of the plan. It is part of the plan. Uh, <laughs> primetime event. creates some of the biggest traffic days on ESPN.com in a year. But on websites around the world. In <laughs> my sort of um, 1990s, early 2000s you know, attempt to reach back to those days when we weren't so oversaturated with things, um, my, my futile attempt to reach back to that, I, that's the format I liked. I liked when it was Saturday, Sunday, and I, as a kid, was completely addicted to it. I loved it. See, I never got into it, but I've got friends who are my age who uh, could recall the first round by prospect and college uh, back to 2001. Back to 2000. Like guys that just grew Wait, up watching it. They could, like, right now, pick. without teams in front of them, they could say oh, what boy. the order was. They could say who the person was. They could say where they went to college. Those are some of the diehards and nuts <laughs> that I sometimes affiliate with. I mean, in the that, mid-90s, I probably could have done <laughs> some of that. Like the Kajana Carter type years. I was just, yeah, I was out recently with a buddy of mine who who I, I couldn't believe it. So I said, all right, pulled it up on my phone, 2001 NFL draft, and he did it. And this was just a couple weeks ago. Let's that's see. remarkable. I couldn't believe it. But those Michael are some Vick. of the diehards, and that's those. I mean, that's what the NFL creates. But that's why everything they do now is in prime time. Yep. The first round of the draft is in prime time. The schedule release 
which used to be done at what time? Ten in the morning or something? I mean, there there was a there was a time not that long ago where they would say the schedule is coming out today, and they would release the schedule, and you would get the schedule, and be like, oh, here's who the Vikings play. Now it's done in prime time. There's nothing they can't do if they if they wanted to, and teams would object to this. But if they decided, you know what, in uh, June mini camp, every mini camp, we're going to show one team in prime time per night. We're going to stagger them throughout June. So the Vikings, your your mini camp is going to be third week in June, and we're going to show your Saturday night practice or Friday night practice under the lights in prime time. They would draw a rating. And I'm not kidding you. You should copyright that idea because I feel like that's going to happen. It's not. So you shouldn't say it because <laughs> yeah, like they're going to do it. We're going to be sitting on Boy, that field in June. Boys. No, 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 not we. Because you work for ESPN and Sports Center, you'll be on. You'll be on camera. I'll be doing ten o'clock I'll be doing live what, shots. I'll be doing for what I normally do. Practice. Don't kid yourself. We are not that far away from them from the league stepping in and altering mini camps to make them more accessible to viewers. Everything's hard knocks, essentially. You're probably Everybody's right. got access to everything. Well, I mean, just, just I think, can't imagine teams Just think about that. it. If you did something in June, the 30 days of June, for instance, yeah. and, you had, and you told teams, you dictated to them, you're going to have to do this then, and we are going to show it in prime time. I mean, it seems crazy, but it's not. This league has done that before, and the more stuff they push into prime time, they keep learning. We're getting ratings. Isn't there a set? I want to say saturation point. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Isn't there though a breaking point with that? Where like there's not going to be the return on investment? I because used to think people, the answer is yes, yeah. but now I don't. The thing is, if yeah. if there's a breaking point, it's not going to be stuff in June because there's nothing else on. I mean, there's no. I mean, baseball is so the only the thing on. Of the playoffs might be it, or something like that. Well, where you start watering down. I don't know. I I don't think that's it either. But I mean, I, I think in June. I mean, that's such a dead time for sports when really the only thing going on is baseball, and baseball hasn't Basketball cranked playoffs. up. Yeah, but I mean, by late June, baseball's got the whole thing. By the time you're doing mini camp, it's about the time the NBA finals are over and the Stanley Cup finals are over. If those occupy a large portion of our sporting conscious, anyway. Um, I like how like uh, hesitant you are in the state of hockey to say that, but you're absolutely right. I'm, and that nationally, it's thousand not. percent. Right. Yeah, you're think not, of you're who right. my employer is. No, we right. we don't. You're absolutely right. Televise a lot of hockey. If you put if you put a wild, there's a reason for that. If you put a wild playoff game against the Vikings, many can't practice in prime time. The wild now now when our teams get in the playoffs, they do well. So don't get me wrong, but I think you would be surprised. Yeah, it would that, be close because ordinarily you you'd say all the Vikings. It would, the, the football practice would get a point two rating. I don't think it would. No, I don't either. I'm not saying well, it would beat the now, wild playoff game, but I think it'd be closer than you think. Especially now, where one team's good and the other's sure. Eight but I'm just saying. Seed, excuse me, back. But and you just, haven't seen the new draft picks yet, and you haven't seen the new yeah. players. I and I'm just saying. Yeah, you, I think you're right. And if you right. got to June, that that would mean that the Wild's done fantastic because that's probably the Stanley Cup. So I'm not saying that the Wild would lose that. I just think you'd be surprised how many people would check out the Vikings. And doesn't the Pro Bowl get better ratings than MLB like World Series games? Yes, it does really well. The, yes. the reason yeah. why they don't ditch it is because yep. it does ratings and it keeps falling and it's still doing pretty well. <laughs> All right, guys, let's turn to it. I don't want to alienate our our listenership the entire time. Let's talk turn purple. to the purple All a little right. bit. Yeah, talk a little talk more purple, purple. Kramer. <laughs> uh, remaining questions I want to get to on the Vikings roster with two weeks before the draft. We've got a couple podcasts coming up um, before the draft, so we'll really dig deep into it. Then this is going to be Ben's last time on the podcast because, ever. No, before the draft because one we've We're got killing him off. Yeah, I was gonna got, say no, not quite. Are we killing you? Is this going to be like literally? I don't think. Oh, good. Okay. Is this going to be like a survivor deal? Like you're off the island kind of thing? I don't know. Am I? 
I mean, you're, this is your island. Or maybe a saw deal where all of a sudden this room turns into like the bathroom for the first movie. I haven't seen any of those. Right, no, you haven't? Are, Great no. movies. Except for the, right well, like, except for the last six. The right first, now, first two are people say, talk guy. purple. You guys quit talking purple already. <laughs> I hate you guys. Uh, remaining questions on the roster. Then we'll talk draft with Ben Gessling before he, because the, the week of the draft, you will be in Bristol, correct? I will. Our Doing a mock draft with 32 beat reporters. Speaking of things in prime time. Oh. Wait, that's we, not going to be televised, is it? It's televised. Oh, it was televised oh, last no. year. Now, did, yeah. Did you do it last year? We did it last year. It was during the middle of the day last that's year. That's right. It did well enough. All right, back no. to say what this is. What is it? So all 32 of our writers, obviously, we have one that covers every team in the league. We will do a mock draft in prime time this year where we each make the pick that we think our team will make. We basically are acting as the GM for that team. So, again, like I will be in Bristol up. for that. And they have a podium set yes. up, right? So you're, yes. like, you're like actually walking up to a podium. Correct. That's been and there was, there was definitely a, a thought in the back of my head was doing that last year, like, don't trip, don't trip, don't trip. You're going to be on YouTube, don't trip. Oh, that would be excellent. I hope you do. So, Thanks. <laughs> you're a nice guy. So you're going to be going there, and that's why you won't be on the podcast with us the week of the NFL. Correct, draft. unless you want to phone me in. Uh, I don't know if they're going to allow that. Would they allow that? But we're probably not going to They might that. not. We'll I think we have be, some uh, important high-level meeting. It'll probably just day. be Judley and I break it down, chopping it up. Remaining questions, Ben, what is something that's on your mind now after the free agency moves? They address the offensive line through free agency. Everybody assumes – that receiver is going to be atop their board here when they're uh, on the clock at number 23. What What is your burning question or, or questions that you have left on this roster? I guess other than receiver, I sort of wonder yet if they aren't going to do more with the offensive line. I mean, everybody sort of feels like, okay, they, they've addressed it in free agency. I don't think they're done, and here's why. They have, I think, four or five of their nine linemen set to hit free agency after this year. They can totally still blow this thing up if they want to. I don't think that they look at that and say, yeah, we're all set now. We, we've got what we want. We're good to go. We don't need to consider that position in the draft. I would not be completely shocked if they take a lineman in the first round. I, I think a wide receiver, if Josh Doxson is there, I don't think they sent Mike Zimmer down to run press coverage drills on him for no reason. I think if he's there, they – are going to take a long look at that. That's interesting, Ben. Do you think center, offensive tackle, uh, anyone in particular? Guard, I could see that. Okay. Really? I mean, Even after Alex Bowen, you got Mike Harris brought back? Yeah, I mean, that other yeah. spot. I mean, Brandon Fusco, I don't think, is is necessarily locked in after this year. I mean, center, they've got a couple guys. I mean, they've got a couple young guys that I think could be in that mix. But, I mean, if there's a tackle there, too, if, if, if there's a guard that could kick out to tackle, I could see something like okay. that because they still don't really have a good backup plan for Matt Khalil this year and if he works out then you got a guy that you can slide inside so i could see something like that what about you judd any burning questions you got left um well my theory is this and i, I told uh, ben this on the air just a little while ago since uh this is the most convinced i've been about a position the vikings will take now in the first round since percy in 2009 when it became clear that they loved him and if he fell to them they would take him and they did i'm convinced they're going to take a receiver because there's enough guys who will fit the bill of what they want that one is going to be there. If this was just one guy and, and he went before their pick came up, I'd be a little bit bit more on the fence of saying, okay, now they're going to go offensive line or defense. I think there's a group of wide receivers that they're probably going to like, though. And and while I would – I like what Ben said, and, and I've brought this up before. I like the idea of 
Khalil insurance in the first round. But I just don't know that that guy is going to be there in the 20s. I do think that they'll take offensive linemen throughout the draft to try and have some backup plan there. Uh, but I also think this is a team that rightfully so likely sees itself as being a few pieces away here. They've largely retooled the offensive line. The Khalil thing is scary, but I don't know that there's a way around it for 2016. And because of that, I'm pretty convinced that they're going to take a wide receiver that they think can basically skyrocket the depth chart and work with Bridgewater well. And that means it won't be a Mike Wallace type. I think this whole thing of, oh, this deep threat is going to be great. They'll peel back on a little bit. But there's a couple guys available, or I think will be available in that first round, who they say, okay, this is a good fit with Bridgewater. We can plug him in. And this all comes back to my point, too, of this is a guy who's going to get to the rookie camp, and the only thing he has to learn is the playbook, not how to run routes, not how to play football, but all he has to learn is the playbook, and that guy is going to be a top or near the top of that depth chart come opening day. Get an X receiver that can run the bang 80 skinny post from Norv Turner's playbook in Dallas. How you talk right How's wide that wide, for wide, wonky I football, people? I love how you talk right now. Spider too wide banana, Wow, man. football porn. You right wanted there. wonky. There you go. Get John Gruden in here. We should get Derek in here. We should. Get, we should. John and we should not tell people it's Derek. No, they'd know. Are you kidding me? It's good to us, but somebody be like, I don't mm, who's know, this white man. kid doing John Gruden? I think yeah, we I should try this white, now. Of course, we've given away the idea, but... <clears throat> yeah, 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 maybe, maybe. But that's my theory. I'm pretty. I'm. Become... That's what we'll do. We'll bring. Well, sorry. We'll bring Dale. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> we'll bring. Derek I'm just trying to be wonky. We'll and bring you guys Derek just... onto the podcast when you're gone in Bristol, just to do John Gruden. Sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say I've become pretty convinced that uh, that because of all the repairs that they made to the offensive yeah. line in the last month and a half, that they are going to go wide receiver. My burning question is, what is their first pick in the draft going to be toward defense? Uh, I think Ben brings up a good point. It really, I mean, I, I don't think they're locked in at receiver. What if Treadwell, Doxson, um, Corey Coleman, maybe the guys that they have preferred fall aren't falling to 23? Do they wait to the second round, third round to address receiver, go with offensive line? I could see that. I want to know what that first pick on defense is going to be. Uh, is it going to be a linebacker, even though you've brought back now Chad Greenway and Emmanuel Lamore? Is it going to be a safety, even though now you've added Michael Griffin to the competition with Sandejo? A corner, even. I could see them bringing in now that really, who do they have behind the three they have now, other than a 38-year-old Terrence Newman? Um, I think, too, defensive tackle. Ben's brought up the pass rusher stuff before. I mean, they could bring in another defensive line. I think just it's so open right now on defense to where they could add first. Uh, that's really what I'm interested in seeing. I, and I think when we saw Chad Greenway's terms of his contract now, um, really with 750000 guaranteed, two, uh, worth almost $3 million. To me, Ben, that says that he's going to be on the roster. I think he is, too. And so that means to me, do you really spend a first, second-round pick on linebacker after you've got those high investments already? You sign Emmanuel Lemur to a deal that says he's going to be on this roster yeah. as well. Uh, to me, I don't know if linebacker, even though they've looked at a few, poked around, I don't know if linebacker is going to be it. I think the first pick that they spend on defense is probably another lineman because, I mean, we talked about it and you mentioned it just now, uh, the nickel rush. I mean, Mike Zimmer's talked about that, how much they like to get pass rushers they can slide inside. And I don't know, and I was just doing a video on this this morning, it got me thinking about it. They're going to pick up Sharif Floyd's option, but... Hey, this is Manny Hill from The Ride with Royce. You're listening to the Purple Podcast. Obviously, that means you like the Vikings, Well, if you're also into the Wolves, you should check out the Raised by Wolves podcast, where we talk all things Minnesota Timberwolves. Subscribe to us on iTunes and at the Podcast Center at 1500ESPN.com. 
are we completely sold there that he can stay healthy enough to be effective to the point where he's your version of Geno Atkins? Or do you go get another guy that if Sharif Floyd is not available to you all the time, or if you have to keep him on a lighter snap count because the injury things keep up, do you go get another guy that can slide into that role? I, I'm not saying a guy that supplants him, but if you get another guy that you could put in that mix that can help out there, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they went that direction. Yeah, Sharif has missed nine starts now, just looking at uh, his stats. Nine starts in the last two years, and those are the first two years he's taken over for Kevin Williams, a guy who missed, what, four starts in his yeah. entire career here, basically? Yeah, I remember when we asked Kevin Williams about the secret to... Were you, you were around at that point. Yeah, 2013. When we asked Kevin Williams year. about the secret yep. to his durability, he just goes... Uh, I don't know. Being breastfed might have helped. <laughs> That's right. Did he really? Yes. <laughs> Forgot about that. Basically it. locked I up the Corey Kevin Stringer Williams. good guy award for Kevin Williams. <laughs> Kevin that year. Williams was oh. he was fantastic. Almost everybody the last few years has had a sort of a, a money quote that's put it away. That was his. Chad Greenway in 2012 was uh, telling fans to get super duper drunk yeah. against Chicago. And I'm trying to think. 2014, Brian Robinson. What it would have oh, been. I can't recall a one from 2014 because oh. that was—I mean—that was a tough year. Seven and nine, there weren't many rallying calls. Yeah, yeah, I remember a couple from 2013. I think B. Rob might have uh, had some collateral from the previous year. But don't forget, Kevin Williams, to his credit, I mean, when he was healthy, he was a Hall of Fame type talent. Yep. But but he five six time Pro Bowl. But he suffered. I want to say in 2004, at the end of the season, a torn patella tendon or a, a torn no. Meniscus, I'm sorry. So he had off-season sur- surgery, came back and played in 2005, and was not the same. The meniscus bothered him all season, and guess what he did? He just kept playing. And I, I remember talking to Vikings coaches about, you know, he doesn't look like himself, and they tried not to talk about it because he was hurt. But my point is this. With Sharif Floyd, is Zimmer going to get to the point where he says, if you can't stay on the field, I can't count on you to do so because – it's not fair, but interior defensive linemen and old linemen, for that matter, play hurt a lot. Yeah. And you're never healthy. And and this isn't going to be fair to say, but I can almost guarantee you right now, Sharif Floyd hasn't been able to play through some things that other guys who play his same position have. Well, and what did Mike Zimmer say about Floyd, not this offseason, but the previous offseason at the Combine? Uh, yeah, I recall that one where he said something along the lines of he has to realize it's a big man's game. Yep. And I asked Floyd about that at training camp last summer, and he said, yeah, I agree. There's there's uh, no room for <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, so that's something but, that they, the, the notice was put on him. That was last year, and he still went ahead and missed. Had, had to have midseason yeah. surgery. Uh, he had the knee and ankle issues that were uh, both of those things ended up being wrong with him. And he had to miss, I believe, five starts last year because of that. You guys are absolutely right. They need somebody. They already like the rotation, but then you're right, Ben. Are you sold on him being that guy for 10 years, which is what a first-round pick should be, so another seven years at that position? And your other three-technique guy is Tom Johnson, who's in his 30s. Yeah, and, and you relied on Brian Robinson to fill in the middle too also a 30 uh gonna be 33 years old so i think those are that's definitely a position uh that they'll probably look at right away how about a mailbag oh i love the mailbag how about a mailbag mailbag we got a good one actually a couple good ones from jay-z hoodie your follower it's my attempt judd zolgad's type follower PCI. produce this a little bit is yeah. it yeah yep produce this a little bit are you saying that i well no i don't really produce it i just kind of throw it i just there, but that's it off, as ben said from pti though that's a good one. We you should remember get sound that show? Oh, I do. I do. Okay. I so you were probably like show. six when that show came on. Ouch. Ouch. I was oh, a little, a little older than that. I was in middle school when I was watching nine. that one. Yeah. When that came on, 
That was, was around, the late was, 90s, right? I was watching early Cold 2000s. Pizza. Early 2000s. Uh, Cold Pizza yeah. was around that time. Yeah, he was probably like five. I think that was the first. I was not five. That was the first ESPN show to really have, and it's not even a, really a debate because Kornheiser and Wilbon are such good friends. Yes. But sort of have that debate feel yes, to it. Yes, the embracing debate, the famous embracing debate those two, uh, ESPN mantra. Those two are phenomenal. Mantra. That was anyway, a great, that's been a great show. Let's do the mailbag, Andrew Kramer. Like I was saying, Jay-Z Hoodie's got a couple good ones. Okay. Judd, a lifetime supply of yingling. Am I pronouncing that right? Because I've never yes. had it. Yeah, you got it right. Never had it. Or save Ben from being attacked by a swarm of hornets. I actually respond to this quickly, and I like Ben. And, <laughs> I love that. And Ben's well, that's a, the start of that answer. And Ben's a good guy and nothing against him. But yingling's not available in these parts. And it's available. You can on find another me. No, I what mean. you're saying is well, he's right. a he's a jag. He's just another guy. Whereas well, Yingling, find another. If I was going to move, if, version listen, of me. I, if I was going to move I mean, east, I'd save you. But here's the question then too, and and this isn't made clear within the question. What do I have to do to save him? Because if I'm going to get stung, I'm out on that one too. I mean, this is this <laughs> Let's is basically say you're in the clear. You're going to be pain free either way. But in one scenario, yeah. you have a lifetime supply waiting of this outside beard. my door. The other time, you have Ben Gessling without being ravaged by hornets. There's a lot of people. <laughs> There's a lot of people. I mean, it's hard to replace some sort of, but <laughs> people come and go. I mean, I'd feel bad for at least a couple of weeks. You'd, you'd probably have a yingling in my honor. No, no, it's oh, like, no like the fourth yingling. You completely forget how oh, you got yeah. all this. Yingling. Oh, no, by by yingling number six, it'd be long forgotten. The Vikings so sorry, do man. play in Philadelphia and Washington this year. So if you can, yeah. I, I can. Can you bring me back? Some? I, you could, if you could be bribed and, and I could get a stay of execution, we might be able to work you know that what? out. If you, okay, if you'll bring me back uh, a six-pack from each road trip, I will save you. I like that. We're off to a good start. Talk more purple. Talk more about more purple. Charlie wants to know. This might be Charles Johnson. Now that we know Charles Johnson was injured last year, what do you expect his potential to be in 2016? Um, well, I guess I'll answer this since I didn't answer for Judd. Um, one, ben, I would save you, Ben. I wouldn't go for the whole thing of Yingling. Um, I don't like Yingling. That's probably why. Have you had it? It's pretty it's good. According to that, according to the other iTunes person, it was PBR. Though I jump right for the PBR. That's well, what, apparently that's PBR what I go. PBR is terrible. For. It is. And well, but like yes, it. Guinness is actually my favorite. Are you beer. like a hipster frat boy or just like a no, normal? I'm I'm not a frat boy like at all, eat, actually. Or drink Miller Lite with your hat backwards kind of frat boy. <laughs> but how can <laughs> no, you, how no can you say hats. you don't like it if you haven't had it? Well, I'm just assuming it's a crappy beer from all I've heard. I, as crappy beers go, it's pretty good. Is it? It's the oldest yeah. beer in America. I did not know that. If you're going for like a bad, like, not be all care, that. Be careful where you go here. They might be a sponsor on 1500 ESPN. Relatively. I mean. Oh, I think we buried that. <laughs> beers like children. <laughs> it's possible, but I think we Beers like kids. You love them all differently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that category of beer, if you're going to go for one, it's it's not a bad choice. That's good. All right. What do we expect out of Charles Johnson? I'll just say that I think Charles Johnson is going to obviously compete with whoever they bring in through the draft. Uh, if it's a first-round pick, good luck um, trying to get past that. Uh, yep. I think – I'm assuming they're not going to go ahead and take a swing on a guy like Cordero Patterson, who is really. He did beat out one first round pick already. True. You are exactly right. Uh, Although my assumption is that in talking with uh, at least people who evaluate these wide receivers, I don't see them taking a guy like Michael Thomas, who had to take a redshirt year because he didn't know the playbook and couldn't uh, really the mental aspect of it was tough for him. I see them taking a guy probably who you don't need to worry about those kinds of things. And that would be Charles Johnson's top competition. So uh, I think Charles has uh, a tough road to climb. But hey, as we saw last year, it just takes one injury to uh, get in there. 
Josh Doxson is seen as a, a pretty playbook savvy guy. Yes, yeah, twenty three years old too, so he's not young. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. if he's there, and Laquan Treadwell is only twenty, is also seen as one of the smartest receivers. Uh, yeah, is he really? Okay, yeah, yeah I take. I, I mean, I know that there's smoke screens this time of year, but everybody always talks about, oh, Rex Spielman's going to do the thing that nobody sees coming. That did not happen last year. No, everybody Trey. said Trey Wayne's last year or the year before with Anthony Barr. Although we th- we Barr thought was a I don't think but he we came were in on here on that. a top thirty visit. He did, but that he was, did. showed a lot of interest. But that was more a Zimmer guy, right? I mean, yes. I'm pretty convinced that Zimmer in the yeah. Barr situation went to Spielman and said this guy Teddy. works. Zimmer's insisted to me, no, that was Rick's idea, but I've been convinced. See this otherwise. one. <laughs> here's why. Here's why I've now become convinced, and, and I'm not. I am not advocating taking receivers in the first round ordinarily. But I become convinced of it because of this. This offense, they brought in two new coaches for it. The wide receivers last year were sort of a mess. The quarterback got hit a lot. They haven't gotten the quarterback much help. And Zimmer now, I think, is as confident as he has ever been in in the fact that he's sort of in charge of things. Like, I think he's got a really good – I think Zimmer came in knowing what he didn't know. And now I think he's got a much better view of things globally – that's why I become pretty convinced that he would be the type of guy to say, "Okay, you know what? In fairness to Teddy, in fairness to Norv, in fairness to Shermer, we need to upgrade here." I think if this is year one or two, he's still saying we're going defense. But everything they're doing now leads me to believe that they know to get the maximum from this offense, they have to protect the quarterback, and the quarterback has to have some options. And they also, I think, know the Wallace signing was a mistake in this sense. Mike Wallace was never really that good a fit for Bridgewater. So if they draft somebody now who's smart, savvy, if they draft a better Diggs, for instance, that's going to help. A taller, bigger yeah. version, yeah. essentially. And that's, why I become yeah. conv- and that's why I'm fairly convinced that they are now going to address that position, whether I like it or not. So you're saying that anything Charles Johnson provides is all gravy, like he's not shouldn't be yeah. counted on, is what you you're got- saying? Also, um, do you guys, now, now that we know far more about what was wrong with Charles Johnson – do you buy into the fact that that completely spoiled his season, or is that just part of the equation? Because that's the question, too, and I don't know the answer. I think it was a big part of it. I mean, I had heard a couple times during the season that this is bothering him more than people are sort of letting on, but I also think that it came at a time where, I mean, obviously Stefan Diggs kind of took that opportunity and ran with it. It would have seemed like they could have gotten him involved some way or another other, you know, even when he was healthy, they, they just wasn't involved. So I, it felt like there was probably more to it. I mean, they they tried for a while when when they would run their their two tight ends, two running backs thing, and they had one receiver in there. They had him in there a little bit doing that. I think he he made a, a pretty big catch. Um, he had the one against the Bears, and I think he made another one out of that twenty two personnel against the Rams. Twenty two personnel. There's another wonky term for you against the Rams. Yeah, we, we love football here. Yeah, so. They tried, but then that kind of went away too, and it, it seemed like him being hurt was the first part of the story, but it seemed like there might have been something else there. Well, also too, I think we <clears throat> underestimate how often they went away from a three-wide receiver grouping, and yeah. Stefan Diggs yeah. earned his place on the field after Charles's injury, and Mike Wallace was not going to be taken off of it. 
Yeah, nor was Jerry's right, I don't think. Well, he's your slot. Charles is in the slot. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there just wasn't a fit or a place, really, I thought, last season. Uh, and I don't know if Charles Johnson's place in that offense was all of a sudden going to resurrect their passing offense. Teddy couldn't stand up for more than five seconds. So, uh, three seconds, I should say. Um, next question we'll uh, sort through here. Guys, I'm really ill-prepared here. What are some realistic numbers for Teddy Bridgewater this year to feel like he's made a leap? Now, keep in mind that it's... Annually normal for a quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. Teddy Bridgewater has, I believe, exactly 14 touchdowns in each each of his first two seasons. Uh, What do you guys expect out of Mr. Bridgewater this year to say, okay, he's the franchise guy? I remember last year somebody asked me this in a mailbag thing, and I I said, like, you know, if he can get Russell Wilson's second-year numbers, that'd be great, and it was like 3,500 yards. I got raked over the coals. Like, he's not going to throw for just 3,500 yards. It's going to be way more than that. <laughs> 3,500 yards would end up being high. So I guess I'd go with, you know, 36. He had 3,200 last year. Yeah. I mean, if he can get to 3,600, 37, something like that, I mean, that is a lot more effective. I mean, that's basically another another 400 yards, basically another what, um, you know, 30 something yards a week i guess but yeah to me the better question is and, and this is something yards a week. the better question to me and this is something too that ben you could you could talk to is is he going to be asked to do more in this offense and therefore should his numbers be increased based on what he's being asked to do because teddy that that quote we keep going back to was him at the end of the season saying for what i was asked to do i felt yeah. i did a good job now that is between the lines okay he's played a marginal role because of adrian peterson now we've heard from many different people that he's going to it's going to be teddy's offense eventually that means that that burden should be placed on him and you'd assume right those numbers will go up you would assume that yeah and if especially if they're doing things if that performs, yes if, if they're protecting him and they're yeah. doing things that he is comfortable with which i don't think they were always doing last year yes the numbers should go up how much difference uh in your guys opinion is this offense going to look that's yeah that's the question to me i think the guy i'm really looking forward and and wondering and this pieces with adrian peterson is will jarek mckinnon now be of more of a focal point of this offense he played so well toward the end of last year had eight yards per touch in the last four games Uh, he took an entire series for adrian in that playoff game uh, I just think he's a guy that these coaches uh, likely will see his tape last year and go, okay, we need to get him more involved with what Teddy does because these guys do something well together. It's not one does one thing well, one does the other. They seem to fit well together. But we only saw Adrian and Jarek on the field at the same time maybe a couple times. And maybe they innovate that. Maybe they bring them on the field more. But I want to see if Jarek gets more involved because me, to me that says that this is now Teddy's offense, not Adrian's. Yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I do think it will change some, but – it has to work for it to change because I think if what happens last year happens again where they're having trouble protecting Teddy, I think they're going to go back to what's comfortable. And what's comfortable is we know Adrian Peterson can produce for us. And I I think, I mean, yeah, towards the end of last season, Adrian Peterson, the numbers weren't as good and we can debate why that was, but I think they are going to say the, the most proven commodity we have is still Adrian Peterson. And if we have to get in a situation where, we're not able to protect Teddy and the passing game isn't working again, I think they'll have to go back to that stuff. How do they find a way, and I'm sure they're going to attempt to do this, uh, speaking of guys involved, not involved, how do you find a way to get Rudolph much more involved? Because that was one thing that made no sense to me last season. Like, you look at Teddy's arm and you look at what he's good at and you say, he and Kyle Rudolph should be a great mix. I mean, that's, uh, you know, size on the tight ends part, decent hands, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of things you look at with Kyle, and that points to this guy should work well with that guy, and it never seemed to click on a full-time basis by any means. Yeah, me. Ben and I both pointed this out. It had to do with the fact of how bad the offensive line was, right? Yeah, and how had him blocking Kyle Rudolph yeah. had to now take more of a blocking role along with Red Ellison, both of those guys. They used the bigger formations in part because those bigger bodies yeah. could keep him away from Teddy. And so that seems I like think it could be a really good mix. And they could make it so that nobody could get around T.J. Clemmings outside edge because there was a tight end or two exactly. on his They're basically on, the right-hand right man the entire time, and that's forgetting the fact that you've got Matt Khalil over there at times gasping for air. So uh, I think – or is <laughs> – I wish there was a live feed here. Um, <laughs> I wish. Where'd you go? Judd's getting turnstile over here. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? One other thing, too, I think with Teddy and, and Kyle Rudolph is the fact that the Vikings often talked about how Teddy needs to trust his receivers more and take more shots to Kyle Rudolph. And I think you saw that toward the end of the year when you started seeing Kyle catch more of those downfield yeah. passes. Um, I think that was about Teddy just not letting it loose when he needed to. And I think there is something to be said for him holding on to the ball a little bit too long at times. But no one's going to put the whole burden on him or the whole blame on him with I think how scared, bad that line was. I think Teddy scared himself too. Was it the game in Atlanta? Am I? Or you threw right? the pick to Rudolph? Yeah, yes. and and he didn't see the safety. Yep, correct. Yep, and that seemed to scare him off because that actually that pass attempt that idea is a really good idea. Where did he make that exact same play though? When it worked, was it the Giants game one of those games later? Then it was a couple. It was yes. the exact same yeah. play. The yes. safety wasn't didn't read it as well, or maybe he stared him off better. He and, did a better he, job. You're right. I think he yeah. didn't. I think. I'm trying to remember the Atlanta play. I, I think he thought he looked the safety off, or the safety, or maybe the safety didn't do what he expected. I think it was the same kind of thing as the the Greg Jennings play against Detroit the year before, oh, where he's going way wonky. Right yeah, now. this God, is where this. he thought he looked Break off Rasheen Mathis, and Mathis baited him, okay. and he tried to throw a post to Jennings, and Mathis picked him off in the end zone. I, I think it was. A, I feel like Zimmer said that was a similar route combination on that pick to what happened on that play. But, but yes, I think a lot of it was that Teddy thought he had looked off the safety and didn't. All right, gentlemen, Tony wants to know your predictions for the starting offensive line in 2016. And we're haven't saying, we done this already? We're saying this. No, we haven't. And if we have, it's been like last month. Yeah, so I'd we, had it don't let, don't let people know that we're repeating know. content. This is simple. Um, it, it is. They haven't even drafted any. They could. What, what if they go first-round offensive tackle that could be your right tackle? And you're just saying, like, no, they got it. No, I think it's pretty simple. What is it, Judd? Khalil left tackle, um, the uh, the guy from the 49ers. Why am I blanking? <laughs> Alex <laughs> Boone, the guy Boone. they added. Yeah, the guy. Boone. I keep blanking on Alex on his his Boone. name. Uh, Boone. Um, I think they'll start the season with Sullivan. I think Sullivan might get through training camp. He might break down too, but I think he'll get through training camp. So he'll start the season at he'll start the season there. Um, Smith at right tackle, Fusco at right guard. That's how they'll start the season. Sullivan's the wild card in the fact that if the back does flare up, then Berger will be at center. But I think that's how they start the season. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that five. You have, you have no. I have no deviations from that. No deviations. Well, the only one I might say is that hey, Mike Harris could beat Brandon Fosco with the way Brandon played last year. I mean, if, if Brandon possible. it doesn't regain form, I should say. Keep Brandon's gonna be on the right side though. Keep it's, in mind, no, it certainly seems I'm that saying, way. Right? But I'm what saying, if Mike Harris wins the job? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not possibly. sold that they're going wide receiver in the first round. So I'm putting all my chips in. They're going with a receiver in the first round, yeah. so there won't be a gotcha. first-round offensive lineman to take. Um, and you've sailed the boat on Phil, Mr. Phil Lothold? I don't think he makes it out of training camp. I think he gets – in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets released in the first round of cuts so he can go find a job. Cause they like as a courtesy him, to as him. Person. Yeah. I wouldn't, there's always a guy you don't see. There's always a guy who doesn't have a lot, if any, guaranteed cash coming. It seems like this to me. That gets released in that first wave, and you're like, whoa, that guy got let go. 
I wouldn't be surprised if Phil's that guy because they say, listen, we're not going to keep you. You're not going to make our team. Go find a job. Could be. Could be. Matt wants to know, would selecting Derrick Henry in round two, the Alabama running back, to create a bruising one-two punch with AP be a smart move? And I will just say... Is Matt a plant of Derrick Wetmore? First and foremost. No, I don't think he is. Um, Derrick, also Derrick Henry, I believe, spells his name differently. And yes. I, I think Derrick is a Derrick purist. Alabama And I don't backs. think he likes that. Derrick adopt, But Derrick adopted Alabama at the end of the season because Derek oh, Wetmore's absolutely. middle name is Henry. Oh, I did not know that. That was actually. the entire reason he jumped on the Alabama Insider bandwagon. Derek, Derek Henry you, Wetmore. That's why you come to the Purple Podcast. Our I best say, ever show was when we ripped Wetmore to shreds. So apparently we, go, it was. we, we, we play the hits, folks. We need to do more of it that. And when we have a review game probably in like late May or something, we will definitely go back to back. that. We should bring Wetmore in to do It's those. actually worked. We've gotten a lot more reviews. And so keep keep doing that. One more plug. Leave us reviews on iTunes and tell what you think of Judd, Ben, and myself. Should we bring Wetmore in to do those reviews? We probably, yeah. Get his, so get hold his, on. Yeah. Hold on. I got to answer this question. Wetmore's no, we want to know Wetmore. Wait, wait, wait. Wetmore's not here, and the entire podcast is still turning into something about Wetmore. Judd, He's like Donald Trump. The 38th you talk about him whenever. But you know what? He doesn't need to be in the room. Wetmore, and we shouldn't do that. We don't need to do that because be I need to answer this question. Sorry, Mr. Compared Kramer, Wetmore to Donald Trump. Agitated here. Throw red meat on there, and you guys don't even take it. Drafting Derrick Henry would be a bad idea for the Minnesota Vikings, in my opinion, because creating a bruising one-two punch is not what this offense is looking to do. They're looking to create a passing game. Right? Gentlemen, yeah. Right? Am I right? Yeah, and I would not take an Alabama back in the second round. Anywhere. I wouldn't take a back that high either at all. I don't want to when you've back. got Jared. I really like wide receivers. <laughs> oh, we got that. We got no, that. No, I know, Thanks. but I still No, we appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it either. Part, mostly because the, the bruising running back you already have has no interest in a one-two punch. I think his response would be, I can be one and two. Don't you think I can be? Yeah, and I don't think this is the draft where they say, "Okay, here's Adrian's successor." I, I just yeah, don't. I, I don't. Either. I don't. And that would mean a one-two round running and, back. And I keep just don't in mind, boys, Adrian's not necessarily going to have a successor. The league doesn't work that way now. You're right. I mean, Jared McKinnon, 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 and then you just bring yeah, in somebody right. else. You know, this whole thing of who's going to replace Peterson. I got news for you. Ultimately, not going to be that important because he's mm-hmm. going to be replaced by a few guys, and yes. life's going to be a lot easier. Yes, I can see that. I can see that. That's not to criticize peterson but this whole thing about you got to have a bell cow running last yeah that's question that won't be the way to go i don't think last question adam wants to know if adrian peterson wins the rushing title in 2016 do the vikings keep him forever now the more realistic question being how long do they keep him should he perform very very well next year ben boy uh I mean, to me, revamped offensive line, uh, it's very pl- possible. Because, plausible. He just ran for almost 1,500 yards behind one of the he worst did. offensive lines. He did. Up that a little bit. I don't think it's far-fetched. I don't think it's far-fetched. I don't think it's on the contract the way it's structured in 2017. He has like a $6 million roster bonus and an $18 million cap hit. They have – Xavier Rhodes is going to be on a, an option year at that point. Sharif Floyd, I presume, will be on an option year or have a new deal. Probably. Uh, Teddy is a year closer to getting paid. Harrison Smith's going to be on a new deal. If they somehow keep Matt Khalil, it's going to be on a new contract. I mean, they'll they'll have some guys come off too, but there is going to be enough bills coming that keeping Adrian Peterson at that number I don't think is terribly realistic, and I think that contract is structured in a way that will force them to do something and make some kind of a decision after this year. How about this? Has this team done enough around Adrian Peterson for him to want to take 
half of what he's making, just for an example, right now, which is about $11, $12 million, to stay on this team for the rest of his career then beyond 2016 in the hope of winning a ring and being in Minnesota. From what you've gleaned from Adrian's thoughts about Minnesota in general, I mean, do you think that's a possibility? Um, I, I guess it depends on the year he has, and okay. it depends on the number. I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible, but I also don't think that he's going to be a guy that just goes and gives back a bunch of money, especially if he's still playing well. I mean, in this scenario we're talking about is he still has a big year. He's still productive. Absolutely. Yep. I think he's going to say, why should I give the money back? I'm still the same guy I've always been. Why should I get paid less just because I'm a year older? I mean, the, the obvious response is because you're a year older. Adrian's going to say, that doesn't apply to me. I'm already doing things that most people don't do at this age, so why do you keep assuming that I'm going to slow down? I think that's how it will play out in his mind. Any thoughts, Judd? Uh, I didn't mean to shut you out when we were doing that question before. No, I hurt. could tell you were kind of sulking a little bit, no, and hurtful. I wanted to bring you back into the conversation. Hurtful. It was much like <laughs> high school. I felt ostracized by the group. I wasn't asked to sit at the lunch table, and now I'm sort of hurt, and so I'm reeling, and I'm mad. Um Benel St. Margaret's grad complaining about being ostracized. There's a joke in there somewhere. You know what? Being rich does not help your feelings. <laughs> Growing up with a silver spoon you in your happiness. mouth, you expect people to kowtow to you. Um, honestly, I, you know what? I was, I was so convinced that I knew what was going to go on with Peterson before last year, and I was, I was wrong on some of it. But you were dead wrong. But in the, but say. in the end, I wasn't that wrong because yeah. the, the offense morphed uncontrollably you know it became a roller coaster i think they're gonna i i honestly my guess is they're going to use what they can from this season with him you're going to see this i do think they're finally going to go a little bit more towards what bridgewater does and mckinnon does and that this will be it because you can't like can you keep doing this with Peterson. I mean, let's just say they get back to the playoffs and let's say he fumbles the ball again. I mean, there's nothing. He fumbled in 2009 and he fumbled in 2015, basically. That didn't change. He ain't changing. So what you see is what you get, which is a really good running back who is incredibly flawed in it. He's a, I'm sorry, he's a really good runner. I keep correcting myself. He's a Hall of Fame runner. He is not a Hall of Fame running back. His skill sets are not that great. Can't really pass protect. Can't really be used from the shotgun. He can't really catch that well. So my point being is I think they're going to use what they can from him in 2016, and then that's it. That's my guess. Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think, too, the pivot point will be probably how quickly does this become the Teddy Bridgewater offense. I think that's going to be it because can Adrian, will Adrian even be allowed to lead the league in rushing depending on what his workload is going to be like? Mike Zimmer says, oh, I think he can handle it. Does that mean he's going to get it? No, it doesn't mean he's going to get it, and I think that's where the misconception is. I feel like if he leads the league in rushing, either he's averaging like five and a half yards a carry or something didn't go according to plan. I said that last year, too. And I was wrong for a long time, and then it became right because you got to the playoffs, and he did what he what he always does. And what didn't go according to plan was the passing offense. Yeah, every, I mean, I, I don't think had yes. I think in a perfect world he's not carrying the ball three hundred twenty-seven times. But again. in his perfect world, he definitely is. And sure, that, and that's where they butt heads. The other thing I think we can't tell until the season starts too is what's going on at Winter Park with the Mad Scientists. Yeah, Shermer, yeah. Sprano, Turner, Zimmer. I mean, this is a different. I'm telling you, I'm I'm really curious for the first month because this offense, I, I am hard-pressed to believe that they brought these guys in 
to be Norv's yes men. They're not no, and going to be such go- that right. Mike Zimmer said as such that's not the case. If I could have found a tight ends coach anywhere. And you know, they spent they sure. spent their year, as stupid as this might seem, they spent their year doing their penance with Peterson as far as we're sorry, you know, we didn't mean to suspend you, you know, and all that stuff. I'm very curious what happens in November of two thousand sixteen if Peterson barges in and says, You didn't use me enough now. Is Zimmer, is Zimmer going to do the same thing he did last year, which is say, okay, we'll redo the game plan, or say, you know what, Adrian, there's the door. Get the hell out of here now. I don't know. It might change. It might. I, mean, I think it depends on what the record is, and it depends on how their offense is producing at the time. I mean, I, I do think that Mike Zimmer and Adrian Peterson have a very good relationship. I think you, you hear it in some of Mike Zimmer's answers, and I've heard people say that, that Mike Zimmer might – you might be tough on him at times, but he loves Adrian Peterson. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking is, is is there any way in his own mind, Adrian's own mind, and only Adrian could answer this question, that he would think, okay, I'm willing to take, I'm willing to chop my workload in half, give up potential Hall of Fame rankings or all-time rankings. We know the answer to this question, Andrew. And chase a ring with the team that I've spent my entire career with, which seems like this team is positioning itself to at least have a window that's longer than this past year, right? I mean, it seems like that's with this defense, with what they're doing. Any logical person could look at that and say, okay, do I want to take money and stay here? Do I want to go join the Dallas Cowboys and hope for the best? I mean, that's – I mean, I just – I was curious – to, to get your guys' points on that. But Judd thinks Adrian's never going to change. Um, as a player, he won't for sure. No, I know, and I meant his mindset about yeah. his situation. And I think even Adrian has said he's backed off it before. Remember, he's gone off and said things before like, oh, I could play till I'm you know 10 more years, whatever. But then he's even backed that off before in interviews since and said, well, maybe I can only play a few more years. Who knows? His, I mean, his, his thinking changes. What makes who him, knows what his thinking is going to be well, in, in him, eight months? What makes him great, what, what makes him a Hall of Famer in what he does well is that mindset. He can't. He won't change it. He can't change it. Like if he comes in, if he comes in and says, "I'm deferring," I'll defer more now. That's kryptonite. He's done. Then what makes him such a freak is that mindset. But it's also what makes him at times not a great teammate because he's wired. The day he lets his guard down, says, "You know what? I'm just yeah, play me if you want." Or he's done. And what's clear is the Vikings will not let him take 48 shots a night like Kobe Bryant will be tonight when he ends his that's NBA career. That's a great career. That's a, but that's a perfect comparison. But they won't. Yeah, the Vikings no, no, are not going to be the your, team. Your yeah, comparison, yeah. what made what made Kobe great? The mind yeah. still works. Kobe's mind still works, and the yep. feet still work. The body's gone, but you can't. Kobe, Kobe is now at a point where it's just gone, and so Peterson will get there eventually. But I'm saying right now, if he comes and says, "I want to win a Super Bowl," I'll do whatever it takes to win. A championship, and I don't care about myself. He's done. It's not him. Judge just dropped the mic. Ben, have fun in Bristol. It's not. There's no. Is other, there such a thing as having fun in Bristol? I've been not, there before. There's a yingling out there, ain't there? There probably is. There is, but besides that, there's nothing in Bristol. There's nothing to be had but fun in Bristol. Talk more purple. Talk more purple. Talk more purple. Ninety-five percent of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's Pad Thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, zero dollar delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, Pad Thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply.